Praise God. God's word always comes true. Our lesson's entitled, It Will Come to Pass. It will come to pass. All we have to do is wait for it. Have you ever seen people post things on Facebook? It's a video only under it. It'll say, wait for it. In other words, they want you to watch the thing all the way to the end because something's going to happen right at the very end that's going to, you know, be the punchline. It's going to be really good. But they've they've also fooled me because I've watched some of those and there was nothing. I thought, I just wasted a bunch of time here waiting for this whatever I was supposed to wait for, and it, it just didn't happen. And, of course, I guess the joke's on me. But uh, but sometimes there are, you know, something like like the one that shows uh, uh, a truck fixing across the train tracks. You see it coming, and see the, then it goes back to the train coming down the mountain here, and, and then, then it back to the truck getting closer, and then the train coming. And after about five minutes, you're realizing they're never. This is not going to happen. <laughs> it's a joke to get people. To, I've, I've, I've been, I've watched that one, but it just didn't happen. There are things that the Word of God talks about. Some of them we've seen happen, and there are things that are going to happen. Praise God. <clears throat> it was said of Scotty that he could be very difficult. How many know somebody like that? They can be very difficult. Not just from one person, but many people that knew him. They all said the same thing. It was not that they were exaggerating, but it was just the truth about Scotty. Scotty's mother took him to church as a child as much as possible. But once he got older and bigger, and she being a small lady, he no longer went with her, and she couldn't force him. As an adult, Scotty married a lady who attended church, And he tended with her sporadically, but he never made a commitment to God. His work involved a lot of travel, and his tendency to be difficult did not diminish. Around 63 years of age, Scotty had a stroke, which brought him extremely close to death and left him confined to a wheelchair. Dependent on the help of others, and by this time his wife also suffering from poor health, she could not lift him or give him the care he needed, so Scotty began a life in a nursing home. 2014, Kendall and LaVon felt impressed to start visiting a church member who was a resident in a local nursing home. During one of their visits, they were introduced to a man who had grown up in the same town as Kendall. After their introduction, Kendall recognized Scotty. He had no idea Scotty was in that nursing home. Finally, in 2015, Kendall purchased a van to transport people who were persistently asking for rides to to church. Immediately, there were two men that wanted to go to church, and one of them was Scotty. At 68 years old, Scotty rolled through the doors of a spirit-filled church and was flooded with memories of attending church as a child with his mother. Scotty no longer hid from church. He eagerly waited for Sunday. 2017, Scotty was fidgety at the end of service. When the altar call was given, he took his wheelchair to the front. Before long, he received the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name in a horse trough with the help of six men who lowered him into the water. The prayers of his mother had come to pass. Then on January 11, 2017, Scotty was called home to be with the Lord. What a story. All those years, 
And I don't know if his mother was still alive when when he came back to church, and he doesn't mention her in the story. It kind of reminds me of my, my own dad's story. He was raised in a, a godly home. And, in fact, he being the youngest of, uh, was it 15, 16, 16 kids? His mother passed away not knowing if he ever lived for God. He could hear her praying for him as he would. In the wee hours of the morning, he told the story to me many times. After drinking and partying, he would get, get home and hear her voice from inside the house as he walked into the yard praying for him. But she never knew that he ever lived for God. But now her prayers are answered after all these years. Same happened with Scotty. Does anyone here have any stories of God answering prayers? After it seemed like a long time? We, we probably all do. Probably all do. I can remember some young people that attended our church in Sperry where I, where I grew up. We would pick them up. Many people would bring them to church. And years later, they became adults. Some of them married preachers. Some of them were faithful in the church. And it was years later that Sister Betty Lang received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, their mother, after all of them had become an adult and they had prayed for their mom to be in church and, and the, then that happened. That was an amazing story. Amazing story. And that's happened many, many times of young people and, and vice versa. Parents praying for their kids and years later they see their prayers answered. Our scripture text begins with the ending of the required eight days after a male child is circumcised and it's announced that Jesus was this child's name. And after his mother Mary's days of purification were accomplished, Joseph and Mary brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And this was required by Jewish law. They had to do this. And I don't doubt this is probably where we get our baby dedications. How many's ever witnessed a baby that we've had several around here? Baby dedications. We always enjoy those. And it's the baby doesn't realize what's going on so much as the parents in the church. It's usually said something about this is basically dedication to the parents and, and the church to help this child be what it to its fullest uh, potential in the kingdom of God, what it could be. And so Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus to the temple, to Jerusalem, as required to present him to the Lord. And also, when, when by Jewish law, when they brought a child, a uh, boy or girl, to, to the temple to present it, they had to bring a sacrifice. It was required. And... and if, if a lamb was not available or they couldn't afford a lamb, then two turtle doves or pigeons could be brought and offered to the Lord. One was for the mother, for her purification, and one for the son or daughter. Now, if the son was the firstborn, then there were other requirements. Not just bring that, but they're under the Jewish law, the firstborn of all animals, of, of all 
animals. So if you had, if you had a flock of, of sheep, if you had a, a, a herd of cattle or, or some, some goats, and, and, and there was a firstborn, you had to bring that and offer it and give it to the Lord. Or you could, you could, you could, you could purchase it back. You could buy it back with a lamb it, and, and, or, or a goat in its place. If you didn't buy it back, that, that lamb or that, that cow, or the firstborn out of the flock, if you didn't buy it back, you had, you had to break its neck. And so uh, no, one, no man could appear before the Lord without an offering. Now, let me, let me read you this scripture real quick. I screenshot it to save me some typing. If I can get there, we go. The firstborn, this is, this is the NLT version, Exodus chapter 34, verse 19. The firstborn of every animal belongs to me, including the firstborn males from your herds of cattle, your flocks of sheep and goats. The firstborn donkey may be brought back from the, bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. It's required. No one may appear before me without an offering. Exodus chapter 34, verse 19 through 20. So God required that, that, that the firstborn had to be bought back. And it had, to, it had to be done. And so it was not a request. It wasn't something, they didn't have an option. It's not something that said, well, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we want to do this or not. No, it was required because... There were other religions that would sacrifice their young. There were other religions that would offer their babies as a sacrifice to, to their gods. And the Lord didn't want anything like that in, in Israel. So our scripture text tells us that they had to redeem it. It was required. This moment in history is powerful. As Joseph and Mary went, they brought their baby, they brought Jesus, and they went to offer a sacrifice to redeem their firstborn, who was the Messiah. They were going to redeem the Messiah. It was required. And so they brought their sacrifice. And so when they stood before the priest, they followed the law and redeemed their son, the very one who would redeem the world. Now, their sacrifices, think about it. Their sacrifices didn't bring any monetary value to the temple. Think about that. It didn't bring, because those sacrifices were offered to God and they were burned. They were offered, they were destroyed by fire on an altar. So the temple didn't gain any value. There, there wasn't anything put, it wasn't, it wasn't a new carpet. It wasn't a new furniture. It wasn't a new piano. It wasn't uh, anything like it. it wasn't literature. It wasn't something that brought value uh, to, to the temple itself. The temple didn't gain any value from these sacrifices. Only the giver did. How does that relate to our sacrifice today? 
you know, we're, we but hardly as service goes by, we don't receive an offering, and we have to. I mean, it's, it's what keeps things going. It's why we pay our tithes. It's why we pay our offerings. What, else, what other sacrifices can we bring to the house of God that aren't monetary but are just as valuable and benefit us more than, than, than new paint or a new roof or, or anything like that, but we benefit from it. There are sacrifices we bring. There are sacrifices we bring that has nothing to do with monetary value. How many's ever fasted? How many's ever prayed? Most of you are faithful to the house of God, or you wouldn't be here this morning. So those are things. There, there are sacrifices we we can bring. Time. How many finds yourself praying about a service before you ever get there? How many, how many find yourself talking to the Lord and saying, God, bless, bless our church. Touch our services tonight. Touch our services this morning. On your way, as soon as you get up, when you're reading your Bible in the morning, God, touch my family. Touch our city. Give us revival. There are lots of things we can offer to the Lord. Scripture said there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. That he was just, he was devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed to him. How many has ever had the Lord reveal something to you? Or tell you something? And promise you something? Maybe you saw it in a dream, I don't know. And it came to pass. God promised it to you. You might have heard it through the, through the preaching of the word. You might have heard someone might have called you say, hey, God spoke, told me to tell you a word, and here it is. And you hung on to that, and you believed it. And how many how many's had those things come to pass? And so Simeon was a man that God had spoke to him. He told him that before you see death, you're going to see the Messiah. You're going to see him. Your eyes are going to see him. He didn't know how it was going to happen. He didn't know when it was going to happen. He just knew he had that promise. Now, I don't know how. I don't know if he was asleep at night and dreamed it. I don't know if he was praying one day and God spoke to him or or maybe another man of God spoke to him and told him, God told me to tell you. We don't know how. He All we knew know is he had a promise and he believed it and he clung to it. And the Bible says he moved in the spirit that day to the to the temple it's in, in other words he woke up that morning and the spirit came on him and he knew this was the day he knew this was the day now reminds me of a message brother Whalen preached a number of years ago at camp meeting in the old tabernacle before we ever had a new tabernacle and he, he had a dream that he woke up one morning and he just knew this was the day the Lord was coming. He knew it. In fact, in his dream, he was calling people, saying, now you know today is the day that the Lord's coming. And everybody was all excited. And I don't, I don't I, that would be nice if that happens. I don't know. I mean, 
Can you imagine waking up knowing this is the day the Lord's coming and anticipates a tingling in the spirit? Oh, this is the day. This is the day. Although I do feel, I don't know if the Lord's going to actually let us know. He said no man knows the day nor the hour. But could it be that we just feel it? Now, I don't know about you, but I've been feeling that like the Lord's soon to come. I think we all feel that way. Because the condition of our world, I mean, you see that the summer is nigh. You can tell by the climate change. You can tell by, by, by the temperature change, when seasons change. You can tell when the leaves start falling, the weather's cooler, that it's fall. Does anybody not know we're in fall? How many's, how many's turned off your air conditioners? Glory. I like it when you can turn off the air conditioners. It opens the windows and lets some of that nightly cool breeze flow through. Stop up your sinuses. <laughs> but I, I'm thinking, man, this feels great, and we're going to save money on the electric bill. Yeah. We'll try to ride this thing out. Hopefully it doesn't get cold too quick, and we can, we can hang on to this and get a little break monetarily. But Simeon had a promise from God. And that day he knew by prophecy that, that there was going to be a Messiah. And he knew, according to the promise that God had given him, that he was going to get to see him. And so when Joseph and Mary arrived with baby Jesus, he knew through the Spirit, this is he. This is the Messiah. Not only, and he was so ecstatic, this is it. I, 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 evidently, he probably was pretty old. And he was thinking, when's it going to happen? When's that going to happen? It kind of reminds me that I know this is not Christmas, but it's almost Thanksgiving. Well, almost Halloween. I, I'm i not a Halloween person, although I'm pretty scary. <laughs> I'm not a Halloween person. I just soon skip that holiday, if, if, if you don't mind. But a lot of people enjoy it. As a kid, I loved the candy. Uh, I can't eat candy now, so uh, why have it? You know, <laughs> I'm an old fuddy-duddy. But it won't be long, it'll be Christmas, and it reminded me of the story of, of uh, I think it's Grandpa Jones does this story about a man named Conrad that the Lord told him in his prayers that he was going to visit him on Christmas Day. And so he got about, he fixed up his, his cabin and his home and, and got it all ready and got everything ready, and there was a knock on the door, and he thought this was it, and it was just, just a, a beggar. And so... He fed him something and gave him something to eat. And uh, and then there were three of these visits, you know, different people and different people in need. And by the time the last one was gone, he realized the hours of Christmas had gone away and it was midnight. And so he said, Lord, you told me you was going to visit. Why did you delay? He said, I was the child in the snow. I was the lady in need. I was the beggar. And uh, you didn't disappoint me. You took care of each and every one. And I was there on Christmas Day. So it kind of reminds Simeon waiting. And here he is in his advanced stage. And he he knew he he wasn't going to die before he saw the Messiah. And that day came. We have to trust God in our lives that he's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. Simeon also knew, and he, he expressed this to Mary, that Jesus was going to suffer and that she was going to suffer. 
kind of reminds me of the story of Abraham. He had the promise of son Isaac. And here he was 100 years old before his promise was fulfilled. 100 years old. That's waiting a long time for a promise. But it was a promise, and it happened. It happened just like God said it would. A hundred years. The song says, still I will trust you. Still I will follow. Still I will listen to your every calling. While the storm rages on and I can't find my way, still I will trust you, Lord. Simeon knew the plan of God, and he trusted his promise. Just like us, we know the plan of God. We, we read his word. We trust him. We believe it. We stand on it, his promises. You know, if you don't know his word, if you don't know what his promises is, it's hard to trust him. It's hard to trust in something you don't know anything about. It's hard to believe in something you know nothing about. But if we know and we study it and we read it and we cling to it and hold on to it, we can trust that God is going to finish just what he started. Even though the water's got to be parted, lift up your heads, don't be brokenhearted. God is going to finish what he started in you. A life of faith doesn't remove trials, nor does it remove the triumphs of life. When you choose to live for God and you choose to be faithful to God, there are things that happen. It doesn't mean there's an absence of temptation, absence of failure. It doesn't mean you don't have any loss. And it doesn't mean you won't have any pain or, or any suffering. Nor does it mean there's no joy. There's no laughter. There's some people think if you live for God, there's no fun in that. I, I beg to, to disagree. I, I've watched... I've watched us have some good times, <laughs> some fun, some clean times. There's nothing like having a, a good, clean time of fun and, and fellowship with God's people. And there's times in living for God, you're on the mountain. And everything's peachy keen and everything's perfect. The sun's shining. And it's, it's great. You're whistling as you're walking down the road. And you're having a good day. But there's been times in living for God, they weren't so good. The sky was overcast, and you couldn't see the sunshine. And, and bad news uh, seemed to be the, the menu of the day. But life, honey, we're going to have some good times and some bad times. That's just life. Every one of us here has seen bad times. Every one of us here has seen good times. That's all right. We got the Lord. Like the old song says, I've got the Lord, and that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. He raised me. He saved me. He bought me, and he taught me. He's my shepherd. He's my guide. I feel him walking right by my side. I got the Lord. 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 And that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Hallelujah. How many glad you got him?
walking right by your side. There's times we call on him when we need him. The other day, just was going down. I said, Jesus. My wife said, what's the matter? What's the matter? Nothing's the matter. I just, <laughs> just it just come on in. Jesus. <laughs> what's the matter? No, nothing's wrong. It, it's just kind of like reaching out, feeling around in the dark, make sure it's, he's there. <laughs> Jesus. Yep, he's there. And the neat part about Simeon is he wasn't alone. He wasn't the only one that God had been talking to. You know, it's great. I love fellowship in church because you got people that have the same vision, people that feel the same call, people that have the same experience, and people that are going the same direction all together. You know, John, John the Baptist thought he was the only one. And the Lord said, no, there's others that hadn't bowed a knee. There's others. You're not by yourself. You think you are. So Simeon wasn't by himself. There was a prophetess named Anna. And she, well, Luke chapter 2, verse 36, and there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about four score and four years old. She was 84 years old. 84 years old and she the Bible says she didn't depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day and she was coming in at that instance she coming in at that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that look for redemption in Jerusalem 84 years old and it just so happened that she came along while Simeon was talking to Joseph and Mary just so happened yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't that it just so happened. It was by design. She was faithful. And she got to witness it as well. See, faithfulness to the house of God gets rewards. That's why we should be faithful to God's house. We don't want to miss when God shows up and God shows out. How many's ever had to miss church and just sure enough, that was the night somebody received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Or that was the night, man, everything broke loose and People got blessed and, and things happened. You don't want to miss. You don't want to miss. That's when the good stuff happens. See, waiting on the Lord is not a chore, but rather a lifestyle. Expecting. Living a life. You know, I don't live for God just because of uh, fear of going to hell. I don't serve God. In fact, there's times I don't even think about that. There's times that, to be honest with you, I'm not even thinking about the coming of the Lord in my serving God. There's times I do. Sometimes I think about what hell would be like. Sometimes I think about what heaven would be like. And those are sobering times. But the majority of my living for God is just that everyday relationship with God. One song said, if heaven never was promised me, neither that I could live eternally. It's been great just having the Lord in my life. 
just that relationship with God. But at the same time, knowing that we're waiting for something. That there's, there's going to come a time when this waiting is over. There's going to come a time when those prayers are going to get answered. There's going to, get, there's going to come a time when that loved one's going to come in and pray through. It's going to come a time when those prayers you've been praying are going to take place and that dream and that vision God gave you is going, it's going to happen. Just like you said it would. How many of you ever, in your mind's eye, saw somebody walk through those doors? And in your mind's eye, saw them praying at an altar. Hang on to that. Believe that. And maybe at a moment of prayer, God placed that thought in, and, or put somebody in your heart and, and you started praying for him. Start believing for it. Trusting him. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. Trusting him. Sovereign power and his promises. Knowing that the one we love will do what he has promised. You see, the Hebrew people were looking for the Messiah. The Hebrew people have been praying for deliverance. There have been a years of captivity. There have been years of, of, of failure as a nation and punishment from God. They were taken into captivity. They were scattered abroad. And now, years and years later, God hadn't forgotten his promise. It was prophesied in the Old Testament, and it came to pass in the New. The New Covenant. Not only was, was the birth of Jesus Christ prophesied in the Old Testament, but God had spoke to Simeon. God had spoke to Anna. And they got to witness and they got to see the promise of God first. First. So what are we looking for? The Hebrew children was looking for the Messiah. What are we looking for? What are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you wanting God to do? What do you believe God's going to do? What are you expecting? What are what are, what are we seeing come to pass? What are we waiting for? I say revival. I say revealing. I say outpouring. Not only just in these walls, and in, in this building, but spilling out into our streets and in our community, into other churches around this city. There's churches that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost just like you and I have received. I, I, I long for that day when it spills out of here and pours out like, like Ezekiel saw in the temple. There was a river that flowed out of the temple of God and out in the streets. And first it was deep enough that it was to his ankle bones. And then he waded out a little deeper and it was to the, the knees and then the hips. Then it was waters to swim in. It had totally consumed, not just in the temple, but it went out. It flowed every direction out of the house of God. Ezekiel witnessed that. I said, God, let that happen here in Shakota. Let it pour out. What are we waiting for? What are we praying for? What are we wanting to see? God to do what he's promised. Hallelujah. A healing, an outpouring, a deliverance, the rapture. I believe there's going to be a rapture, but I also believe there's going to be revival too. 
I just pray that we're right smack dab in the middle of it. And we get to see it. We get to be part of it. Hallelujah. Loved ones who we prayed for for years. People that, that just watched from a distance. I love the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. Philip taken out of a mighty revival. Out in a desert place comes upon an Ethiopian eunuch. And, and the beautiful part of this story is this man. He said, where have you been and where are you going? He said, I've been to temple to worship. Well, guess what? He wasn't allowed in the temple. By law, he couldn't go into the temple. So why did he go to the temple to worship if he wasn't allowed in? I believe there are people that stand on the outside wanting in and they can't come in something's got them their past has got them held back things that they've done in their life things that have taken place things some some things completely out of their control keep them from coming in the house of god whatever it is you know some of it it's it's it, it's self-inflicted i understand that there are people that would love to come in to the house of god i believe that but for whatever reason something's holding them back so Philip joined his chariot, and he was reading from the scrolls. He was reading from the book of Isaiah, where Jesus is going to be led as a lamb to the slaughter, the prophecy of the death and burial of Jesus Christ for the redemption of man. And Philip began to preach to him Jesus from the very scriptures he was reading. Isaiah chapter 53. And when he was done, he said, Can any man forbid water that I should be baptized? He said, if you believe with all your heart, thou mayest. And there in the middle of the desert just so happened to be a body of water. And Philip and the eunuch went down together into the water, and he baptized him. Could it be that when God does what he's going to do in our services, that there's going to be people that have been peering through the, the picket fence wondering what's going on, driving by and hear the, the music as we play? sitting out in their cars and listening as we sing to the glory of God. And finally, the day comes. Time is fulfilled. And the revival that God has promised begins. How many has heard God promise us a revival? How many believes that's going to happen? Do you think that promise is just some pipe dream, something, some bean dream, some pizza dream that somebody dreamed of? No, no, I believe it. I believe it's going to happen, and it's, it's going to be some of your loved ones. It's going to be some of your family. It's going to be some of your neighbors, and it's going to be people you don't even know. You didn't even realize. But it's to those that are expecting, those that believe. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Keep on holding on to the promise. He's going to do just what he said. I really believe it, and I, you know, I, it may have, there may have to be a time of trouble. There may have to be a time of stirring, of stirring the nest so the young ones have no rest. As the eagle stirs their nest, <laughs> maybe that's got to take place. I don't, 
particularly care for some things that's happening in our world right now. I'm a little upset about some things that's going on. But it may just be the very thing that stirs people's hearts. Maybe the very thing that gets people's attention. Wakes them up in the middle of the night. Just the other night I woke up at 3.30 in the morning. Couldn't go back to sleep. Couldn't go back to sleep. Laid there, laid there. That's unusual for me. Because I didn't get to bed early. It wasn't because I'd gotten to bed at 6.30, 7 o'clock. Like people my age do a lot. I just woke up. Things on my mind. Things happening. Just the other night, I woke up. I heard the recliner rocking back and forth. I knew what was going on. It was my wife. Up. She prays in the recliner. And it was it was early because before she finished, my alarm went off to get up, get ready for work. God is stirring people. God is speaking. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him. Unto them that look for him. You know, there's some people, if it's something they don't want to hear or something they they don't want to deal with, it's just like that tick in the motor or that anomaly in the engine. And so rather than finding out what it is, they just turn up the radio so they can't hear it. Oh, that fixed it. There, There are some people in denial. I'd venture to say that there are people right now that are going... Slap crazy, chasing pleasure right now because in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I don't know how much time is left. But they don't want to go there. So they're filling their life with time, diverting their attention away from the things they need to be doing in God. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I say keep looking, keep watching, keep waiting, and keep trusting. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thankful, God, for your word today. God, we expect and we believe we're hanging on to the promise that it will come to pass just as you promised. Our loved ones, revival, you're soon coming. God, we know these things are on the horizon. We're trusting, believing you. We don't know the day or the hour. We're believing it, God. We're trusting you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Before I